0: This podcast has been edited for publication. Welcome to another edition of the Panorama Podcast. In this segment, the gang begins the conversation with a description of student life during the COVID-19 pandemic.
1: I mean, I guess I can start just speaking in very general terms. I mean, I know for me, it's definitely been hard because I was really involved in all of my school activities and all the activities that I did really kind of hinged on being able to collaborate and work with people in person. So having that kind of taken away and then having to adapt to an online environment was super different. It's definitely been bearable, but they're they're the small things that really make you miss being in school, like just joking with your friends outside of class or in between classes. Now there isn't really that same type of community or interaction because you just log out of class and then you wait around for like 10, 15 minutes and then you're back into another meeting. So it feels less like school and less like a community and more just like you have a slate of meetings that you're trying to complete throughout the day.
0: Sort of like an adult world without a bad working at a bad company. Where no one really likes each other, but you go there, to get your job done, and your salary, and your pay, and you go home.
1: Yeah. It definitely feels like a lot of us are just trying to do what we need to do to pass or to survive, or we're just trying to hit that grade threshold. And then that's kind of it. I'd say the year kind of lacks heart, if that makes sense. Uh,
0: the phrase going back to school, what does that mean via Zoom? I mean, it's uh, you start the day like you have a home class. Is that when you feel as if you're back at school? Absolutely not. Because <laughs> no, it does—it's a—it's a phrase for your class this, this year. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't mean anything. Well, I have to go back to school. When, you, I, when I say that, means you're like... going in a car. Your car pulling. You're going back, and you're going on campus, and you got your locker, and everyone's there, and screaming, and that's back to school. You don't have
1: that. It's it's not even like we can go back to school. Maybe we will. But even in online school, what we're missing is that separation between home life and then social life and then academic life. So that's what makes that's part of what makes it so difficult is that we're being expected to put full effort and uh, do our work. At the best of our ability, in an environment that we're used to using for eating and sleeping and uh, being with our families, instead. So it's just kind of an it's it's kind of an inconvenient and odd way um, to to have to continue our schooling. Yeah, and for a lot of kids, I know that that they saw sports or they saw their classes as kind of an escape from home life. But there's really no way out of it when you have siblings who are in the background talking, or like you have a mom cook trying to cook food and there's like pans clanging and everything. So I really feel for the kids who felt like school was that one escape, either from like a very hectic household or from a household that they felt wasn't um, really treating them failure right in an emotional sense
0: well it's a bad family life that 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 happens everywhere and school is that escape for so many kids and and then school's an issue and so then you have sports which is also another form of to find yourself um when you're young you're supposed to have options when you're young to find your places and they've just been so limited right now anybody else
2: I feel like I have a very different view of things just because I'm not a senior. And as someone in her junior year, um, I don't see the side of it of me missing out on school as much, partially because it's not my senior year, so it doesn't hit me as hard, but partly because I'm so aware of the fact that next year I have to be applying to colleges. And this is the year that all the colleges will see a lot of and so there's this stress that's kind of clouding me from missing anything. But at the same time, I feel like there's a huge lack of information that we're, my class is being given. And I think this is even when we're in school, but I know absolutely nothing. I'm fortunate enough to have friends who are seniors, have friends who have already graduated, who have been helping me with knowing what I should be doing and how, like how I should proceed with junior year and planning for senior year. But I know a lot of people who don't know people who are older and they're definitely not in the place that they should be for success later on. So that's another Mm. way is I feel like the information that we're being given is lacking.
0: Anybody else?
2: For me,
3: you know, as a senior and also someone who's like extremely sentimental and like nostalgic about things, I think this year especially has been difficult because for another reason, also like I joined, um, asb and i was very excited about that when i received like this acceptance letter in the mail last may and i just like sort of i don't know like had this like vision laid out of what the year was going to be like you know like being able to go onto the football field and like filming different videos um and then like creating things that like the entire school could see and like feel good about and be hyped about and i don't know Like, have, like, the first ever, like, school-wide lip dub or something like that. And then, I don't know, just thinking about, like, what could have been and then what is now. It's just, it's, like, a pain that's different because it's, like, a yearning for something that you'll never have but you can always just, like, think about. And, I don't know, it's just, it's been very stressful, I feel like. And then... I don't know, just the little things about school that you sort of take for granted, like walking across like the amphitheater and like seeing your friend like across, like, um, like on the other side, and just like having like sharing that glance, even if it's like, oh, like oh my god, I just had a test and it was horrible. It's just like sharing that little moment with somebody in person that you just cannot replicate online. Um, But yeah, those are just my thoughts. Basically,
1: at the school board meeting there were a group of students that were able to speak on the topic of how distance learning has affected their mental health. And there were multiple students from both schools that shared personal testimonials about their mental health and gave very real and raw anecdotes about what they've been going through. And so then to parlay that, um, you know, personal experience into trying to create change, At the district level, um, the student board members in the One Hill project, which works with the superintendent to try and gather student feedback and solve student issues, proposed a variety of solutions. Some of them were just things that could be implemented in the classroom. For example, like a teacher posting their schedule at the beginning of the week, or making sure that the testing software is equitable for all students who have disabilities or testing accommodations. But there were two, main signature policies that they wanted to get passed. The first of which being the idea of having an asynchronous Wednesday. So Wednesday is traditionally a short day for both schools and it ends kind of at around noon. And because of that class times are severely shortened and some teachers choose not to hold um, a synchronous live class at all. Or if they do, um, it's more of just a check and go. So in order to try and solve the issue of um, student burnout and an overwhelming workload, they figured that if we can make Wednesday an asynchronous day for students to catch up on homework or study for tests or drop in if they feel like it um, to attend teacher office hours, that would be something that would greatly benefit student health. And then also they pushed the idea of having a partial credit mandate where all work that's turned in by the end of the grading period would would receive at least 50% of the total point value. And the reason for that being is in the pandemic, and we've seen this, it's always been an issue, but we've seen it particularly magnified by the pandemic. Uh, Teachers who didn't offer much grace for late work, uh, students would see zeros and no credit just pile up and pile up. And it would lead to this feeling of, oh, well, if I'm going to fail, then why should I continue trying? You know, why should I even bother doing studying or doing my homework? So the fifty percent partial credit mandate is really to try and push back at that idea of feeling hopeless. And it's a way for students to kind of have an emergency escape route. Out of a situation where they find themselves unable to pass the class and we also want to alleviate the stress that comes with having to turn in your work online and having you know sudden deadlines that you have to meet or deadlines that are scattered throughout the day so at its core these are really policies that they think are just promoting compassion at this point
0: very good i like that promoting compassion Next, the gang reacts to an online invitation sent to local students for a formal spring party on a private boat during the current pandemic restrictions and the backlash it received. Okay. And and, um, so what's the story about this, um, the COVID boat, the USS COVID that everyone's been talking about? Is this out of uh, Manhattan Beach? Is it out of Cabrillo Beach? Can I go on the boat? Is there a dress code?
4: So um, this was basically, just for a little bit of background, it was supposed to be a take on the winter formal. They said it was a private event, but ironically, they labeled it for PVPHS seniors. Um, And this was supposed to be held at this one yacht in Newport Beach. And what happened was... um, a group of students and their parents decided to plan this um, event, and they sent out an e with over 100 to over 100 people. The yacht itself has an 85-person capacity limit, and what ended up happening was that over 40 people RSVP'd yes, and... There weren't many mentions of safety precautions being taken other than the brief mention of we'll be taking your temperature at uh, right before you enter the boat. I think the fact that we're going to be having 85 people in an enclosed space <laughs> in the middle of the ocean is already a safety violation. But that was basically the rundown of what's been happening recently around that event. But there was a lot that followed after it in terms of backlash. Um, Well, first of all, it's already bad because LA County has over 1.13 million confirmed cases and 17,000 deaths. For my non-believers out (laughs) there, I think these numbers are really just proof enough. And if they ask for the source, you can literally look it up on any news source out there. And I just... Obviously, yes, I think there are two sides to this situation. I lean very much so towards one side um, in the fact that this is really dangerous. But at the same time, after we just spent like 30 minutes talking about our grievances, about um, losing our senior year, I think I can see why this motivated them. Although I wouldn't condone them actually like carrying this out.
0: Okay.
1: A lot of teachers, well, I'm not going to say a lot. For the teachers who did find out about this event, it very much was a slap in the face to them because for the longest time, teachers and educators have been warning against opening schools too early. So for them to see their worst nightmare play out right in front of them, they said, we, we can get vaccinated. We can control how we run our classroom, but we can't control what our students do outside. So this just feels like one step back um, after all the steps that they've tra- been trying to make to get vaccinated and everything cleared to get themselves and their students back in the class.
0: When is this boat scheduled to take off? Uh...
4: It was supposed to be on March 20th. Okay. Which, and I think this is very much so a school-related event, simply because I am also part of the hybrid plan. Um, if this event had been carried out before it got exposed, I would not... going back to school in campus at all. I would refuse to because that's putting myself at risk because other people decided that it would just be fine to go back on campus after going to a literal almost super spreader event.
5: I don't know if my audio will be good because I'm in a car right now um but like at least in my own experience at Penn I've often found the trend that the senior class tends to be idolized by the younger grades Um, like, I have experienced this. I know that many of my friends and, you know, acquaintances also have, uh, seniors often run a lot of the zoo events. ASB is often comprised of a large proportion of seniors. And I think that it's honestly just, like, the example that they're setting that for younger kids and for future generations of head students, that also just, like, is very shocking to me. Um, and just, distir- like, not disturbing, um, but just a
1: little bit, yeah, shocking for me. I think one of the main issues is that, and I've said this before, but I think some people will never understand how severe COVID is until someone they they love dies. But even with that, in this situation, what's so frustrating is that there, there seems to be some kids who simply could not care less if anyone got ill or if anyone they knew happened to, you know, worst case scenario, pass away. There were kids who were invited to this yacht party and had RSVP'd yes. Who, you know, in response to backlash they were receiving, posted on publicly on their Instagram stories that they were listening to the song "Yacht Party" by this rapper named Juice World, kind of as a kind of as you know a middle finger back to the critics. So I think this sort of selfish attitude really is helping no one and they thought they were making points but they they really weren't it's 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 not doing what they thought it was going to do
0: the gang talks about out of control cancel culture and the need for accountability as well as the ongoing internet issue of anonymous social media accounts and anonymous people
4: i really quickly wanted to actually talk about the backlash that's been happening cuz i think that's where a lot of problems have been arising for district at least. um, And just a lot of people in general. So like um, my fellow podcaster mentioned about the yacht party. uh, Yeah. There are some people who got defensive about it and decided that they would just post on social media to show that they were unfazed by what was happening. Um, Because, you know, after this happened, there has been an incident. Um, I don't know if you know this, but there are some. There's something called like a T account, where basically, uh, I don't know if you've heard of this, but there's some, there's like a show called Gossip Girl. It's basically, like a, oh, it's like the modern day rendition of that. Um, they have like an anonymous social media account on Instagram, and they have people sending like secrets uh, into a Google form and. They just post it on their story. So recently, someone supplied them with a list of the people who RSVP'd and are uh, plan to go to the event. And there has been a lot of backlash for the people on that list. It's
0: a list is um, real.
4: I think it's a little hard to forge an e list that says it was planned by certain people at the top especially when when there's a video of it out there too and this video was like exposed so what happened after was that these there was a lot of that canceling that happened that happened after that um twitter and just social media platforms love to use and you know what I laughed at a few, I'm not going to lie, but I think overall there definitely was a point where it got too far, not because I think that they are like good Samaritans that didn't deserve this hate, because no, this was out, this was completely out of, um, as a general Zer would say, it was out of pocket, (laughs) and it was just i think what happened after was that certain people started no anonymous people started targeting certain people who were mentioned and uh they just started raining hate on their instagrams uh started gossiping about them like like uh, outside of the social media world too and um I was talking to someone who's good friends with one of the people who are organizing um, the party uh, because they got Mm. name dropped a lot. They were not having a good time because they were getting uh, called out a lot. They were getting insulted. And I think the problem here is that although, Yes, they, there should be some kind of consequence. If the canceling isn't going to stop the event from happening, if it's not going to teach the p- person a lesson, if it's not just going to be effective in any way, then really, what is the point of the canceling, I think, besides just to inflict emotional harm and just get that sadistic sense of, like, moral superiority?
5: Then I like begin to notice the TCAT has also just morphed into something to is plainly um, call out anybody, anybody, and anybody, and anywhere, and at any time for anything. So I feel like that kind of just shows when cancel culture can kind of turn into something way more insidious, and um, just honestly serves as like an, a perfect, a prime example of the dangers of doing so and having it turn into something more extreme that affects not only the people involved in the attempted canceling but also anybody. Related to them, so, to you,
0: so 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 also affects the friends of these people as well. Their social group, if one person is being targeted to be canceled, it also affects that person's friends and other other people around them. Is that what you're saying?
5: I'm saying that it's. I'm saying did. that it evolved from just targeting the people that were invited to the yacht party to targeting just anybody at our school in general. Um,
0: okay.
3: Yeah, because originally the T account before. The whole like yacht party thing blew up. Like, it was used for students to like submit any anonymous messages, so they could say anything about their classmates, about their teachers, and their like. If you look through the account, they have like some of the some of the messages still up there, and there's like
0: tons. Okay, this of, account. Who's running this account?
3: Supposedly, like. A group of juniors not, I don't know. Okay. It's
0: not an adult, it's not an adult driven account. This no. was this was an idea that put that kids.
3: Yeah, that, and it's definitely very immature it, conceptually. Yes, so it's definitely not it would, an adult. Oh. <laughs>
0: um, <Okay. laughs>
3: but yeah, so it's like a place where people can hurl like any sort of insults at anybody. Um it just gets to the next level where there's tons of like really disturbing rumors about other people that aren't true. Because people can just say anything. They could just make anything up and Obviously, everything needs to be taken with not even a grain of salt, with, I don't know, like a tub of salt or something. But um, but then when then the account sort of died down a bit because in the beginning, nobody really cared about it. They're like, oh, this is all like baseless claims. But then when they posted that list, and then when like messages started flooding in, the account sort of like blew up within um, the community. And so I think that yacht situation allowed for the new insults that are coming in targeting other students for like absolutely no reason because now that they have a bigger platform. And now that they're like back, sort of in the spotlight, people like see it as an opportunity to just say whatever and just target many of the people that are invited, people that aren't invited, just anybody. So I think that's why, and they just it just thrives off of um, all of these submissions, no matter like how.
0: Wild how many? They are. How many people were we talking about submitting and give me an idea of activity, at some numbers. Or I mean, how many people have joined or a
3: few days ago? I believe it has around two hundred followers. And then when the the T account broke the news of the yacht party, I think after that, there were at least 40 different messages about that topic alone.
5: I think it all kind of ties back to, though, like, what can we do about cancel culture? What are all of our opinions on cancel culture? Um, Is this justified for this type of people? What would be a better way of addressing it?
2: I do want to just say one thing um, about the, the fact that, yes, this yacht boat, COVID boat thing is horrible, but there are also parties being held almost every weekend, and those are just as bad, and there are a lot of people in small spaces, but since those aren't as publicized, those go under the radar, and it's just a mess, and I think what's amplifying the COVID boat, as we're calling it, is it's like such a public thing and so many different people are, have gotten involved, and since it seems like it's a standalone event, it seems really, really just out of the blue. I don't know. How, that's not the right phrasing, but I think if you take into consideration how many parties have been happening it, by every school across this country, it's it's bad. But it's also just constantly happening, and it's something that that's yeah.
0: You have been listening to the Panorama Podcast, music provided by George McKinto at Joyful Music and Arts. The Panorama Podcast is presented by Totally Cool Publishing and is not affiliated with any public or private school.